welcome. Yeah. Happy this, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, this is a this is a special edition <laughs> of the Farm Bits podcast. We've not really done an episode yet that has been kind of unplanned. We're, we're kind of <laughs> going to do this one improvisationally. We improv a lot with questions, but very rarely with the intro and outro. Yeah, and if you know anything about me or Jackson, uh, we like to plan ahead. And uh, so this is going to be interesting, I think, for us. So hopefully yeah. it's fun and enjoyable for you as much as it is for us. Maybe it's a little bit more of a personal touch than what we've had so far. And I don't know, it's something it's something different. People don't want to necessarily be thinking about digital ag on Thanksgiving. And it's, a, <laughs> it's a better time to just be thankful for what we have and, I don't mm-hmm. know, enjoy the people around us. So we thought we'd get this episode kicked off with some Thanksgiving fun facts. And of course, agriculture related. Of course, they have to be. Yep. So I guess we have a few interesting facts. One of the most interesting probably relates to pumpkin pies and turkeys, right? Yeah. So we learned that apparently Americans in this year will eat approximately 46 million turkeys, but then we'll eat... 50 million pumpkin pies. So I just don't know what that says about, <laughs> about where we are, but I, the pump, the priority is obviously with the pies. It is, which I guess is good for Illinois, right? Cause they produce a ton of pumpkins in Illinois. They're by far our largest p- pumpkin producing state in the United States. Yes. By acreage. And however, we also looked up that maybe you should go check your pumpkin pie cans in your pantry because a lot of them actually contain winter squash and are not 100% pie. And see, that's just <laughs> that's just so disappointing to me because I always feel like I, I'm eating unadulterated <laughs> pumpkin pie because I'm, I'm eating pumpkin out of the can. But I think I, there's a lot of artificial color. <laughs> there has to be. And I'm just I'm disappointed. So now I'm going to have to double check uh, whatever mom's buying to make our pumpkin pies this year yep. uh, when I go home for Thanksgiving. But. Yeah, or go make it from scratch. That'd be fun. Get, <laughs> get some little pie pumpkins. There you go. But yeah, so pumpkin pie is, is I guess, kind of a, a Thanksgiving favorite out there. I personally like Kentucky Derby pie, which is a little bit of a better take on a pecan pie because it's got chocolate instead of like that traditional pecan pie filling that's out there. But Your accent when you say Kentucky Derby always cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not, you know. But pecan is also kind of an interesting word, right? Because mm-hmm. some people say pecan pie, which... <laughs> Grates my nerves a little bit. And we learned that the top three producing states of pecans, or however you want to say it, is uh, Georgia and New Mexico and Texas. And uh, as Jackson pointed out to me before we started, his hat is actually describing uh, the pecans of... Golden peanut and tree nuts. It's uh, an ADM subsidiary (laughs) in... in Headland, Alabama, there's a location there. I'm not promoting anybody, <laughs> but disclaimer, yeah. That's where the hat comes from, and the tree nuts on the hat are pecans. Uh, and Georgia is a leading producer of pecans. They have obviously have to have somewhere to go and, and process them. So yeah, it's kind of a unique connection. We also should have started this off by saying if you didn't listen to our first episode, our introduction about ourselves. I am originally from Nebraska. But Jackson is not. <laughs> no, no, not not a Nebraska boy by uh, mm-hmm. by birth or anything like that. I'm from Alabama, and I guess our states have some some uh, differences in terms <laughs> of the favorite dishes for our states on Thanksgiving. So down south, 
the, almost the entire South, and we're going to share this map in the show notes, <laughs> yeah. is dominated with a favorite Thanksgiving dish of dressing, which some people might also call stuffing. I don't like that. It's it's, it's dressing. But Nebraska has a different We call it dish. stuffing. Yeah. But, oh yes, for our favorite dish, our favorite dish is apparently mashed potatoes. So for those Nebraskans out there watching this, you can add your comments if whether you disagree or agree with that. But yeah, mashed potatoes are apparently our favorite. And what sort of gravy are you putting on your mashed potatoes? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's another debate. Um, but my, you know, my preference is actually no gravy. I come from a house of very picky eaters. And so I feel <laughs> like I probably don't fit the norm of most Nebraskans with our Thanksgiving meal. That's Everybody has their own Thanksgiving <laughs> things. Uh, personally, yeah. for me, you know, I love white potatoes, like typical russets and, or gold potatoes that go into, into mashing or whatever. But sweet potatoes are definitely my favorite type of potato. Uh, and interestingly, North Carolina is the largest producer of sweet potatoes in the United States. And of turkeys. So does that make them the Thanksgiving state of America? I mean, is that? Yeah. Yep. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> They're and also the research triangle. So we have some bias to them anyway for we ad do. companies. We do. And yeah. this is something you may, <laughs> there's some Christmas related themes about North Carolina oh, yeah. as well that we. Uh, we'll get into that later in a month from now. Yeah, we may have to just stay tuned. Stay tuned. You'll learn a little bit more about North Carolina's special holiday ag production. Yeah, maybe there. once COVID's over, we'll encourage everyone to go to North Carolina. But exactly. until then. <laughs> until then. Yeah. Now, of course, we'll have to talk about Minden, which is the Christmas city of Nebraska at that point in time yeah, as well, right? we will. Uh, yes, they are. I don't know the whole history behind that, but I do know that they had a big celebration that I actually went to last year. So oh, really? Yeah. We'll have to re do some research on that for our episode around Christmas. Yeah, I'd love to go out there. I've seen some pictures of the, I guess, all the different lights that they mm -hmm. have in the in the downtown there in Minden. I don't know. It would be kind of a cool place to go see. I've been to see Seward, the 4th of July <laughs> city of Nebraska. Oh, yes. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Nebraska and our small town celebrations and events. I love it. Yep. <laughs> so, we've talked about the U.S.'s favorites, mm -hmm. different states, uh, and where those things are produced, but... We haven't really talked about our personal Thanksgiving favorites. So what's your, what is your Thanksgiving like? Oh, you've talked about, we're going to start me. Yeah, um, we're going to start off with your your Thanksgiving traditions. Okay, so I there's not one that like specifically comes to mind. My family kind of switches it up every year. Uh, we sometimes don't even celebrate on Thanksgiving. So it kind of depends, whatever works for everybody. Um, I will say my favorite like almost Thanksgiving tradition is typically the weekend after Thanksgiving. My family all gets together, all the women in my family, and we make cookies, dozens and dozens of Christmas cookies. Christmas cookies, okay. Yes, dozens of different kinds. And um, so honestly, that's what I first think of. And it's super fun for yeah. us. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll see if that happens this year with COVID, as I'm sure it's switching up lots of people's um, yeah, traditions. So. And interestingly, you know, we... My family used to do Thanksgiving on Thursday every single year. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting to the point where we're actually this year we're going to push it back to Friday and, and do it on Friday mm -hmm. because with mom's work schedule, you know, she wants to be involved in, yeah. in making things. And I won't be getting home until later in the week. And I typically, you know, help out with making Thanksgiving dishes. So we're going to make Thursday kind of our Thanksgiving prep day. There you go. Um, so what's your favorite traditions? So traditionally, I used to love getting up on Thanksgiving morning and actually watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is obviously on Thursdays. And pumpkin pumpkin bread, pumpkin muffins would always be a part of that. Some pumpkin muffin, muffins and apple cider. Um, 
So that was, that was one of my favorite traditions. Uh, but I also really love making dressing two days before <laughs> our Thanksgiving celebration with my mom. And so there's a there's kind of a debate based on this map that, <laughs> that we saw a little while ago that, you know, most of the southern states like like dressing. But Louisiana stands out as searching <laughs> cornbread yeah. dressing. And so <laughs> Sam and I were talking about what, what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how, what percentage of cornbread do you need for it to qualify as cornbread dressing? Because when we make cornbread, we typically have uh, or when we make dressing, we typically have a bunch of cornbread that we produce earlier in the week. Then we make biscuits the morning of, and both of those go in at about 50, 50 ratios to our, our dressing. So I'm like, is that enough to call it? We also have to specify here. Your cornbread is sweet cornbread, correct? Yes. Unlike it's got sugar in it. Right. That's right. What's different than what's typically in the Midwest. Yeah. You got, you got white granulated sugar. It's moist, uh, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's definitely sweeter than what you run into out here. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I guess that's probably my favorite Thanksgiving tradition. Similar to you though, where you kind of transition into the Christmas thing. Yeah. We always, as a family, watch uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch That Stole Christmas mm. the night of Thanksgiving to kind of transition into the, the Christmas season. Were you a Black Friday shopper? I say were because obviously not this year. But never. Never? Never. Not once. I've gone a couple times. Typically not that into it. I'm not going to go running down the doors right when they first open. But Exactly. So do you have a favorite Thanksgiving food? I know you're a picky eater. I am a picky eater. Uh, I really like uh, green bean casserole and, you know. Um, hot dish. Hot dish. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> we just had this discussion too. <laughs> Apparently the north, northern part of the Midwest calls it hot dish. Um, and so, yeah. And I will be spending part of my Thanksgiving up in Wisconsin this year. So I may have to get used to that. But no, I really like um, I also really like cooked carrots. Um, so I like that type of thing. Of Thanksgiving. Cooked carrots. Yeah, that's unique. Yeah, I like that with the crackers on top. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. I have not. That may be something new I need to try. Yeah, I haven't sure. done the, I haven't done the uh, the crackers on top of those. <laughs> I'm a big sweet potato casserole person. And Jackson and makes it himself. He brought it to one of our office things yeah. with some bourbon in it. It was very good. Absolutely. It's uh, a little bit of maple syrup, a little bit of bourbon. It's very, very good. Mm -hmm. Also love dressing, obviously. But yeah, I guess, I don't know. Those are kind of my my Thanksgiving my Thanksgiving favorites. We've talked about just about every food that you could <laughs> possibly talk about. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh we also, you know, mentioned this before. For those of you who didn't know, Jackson played football in college. And so we were talking about um, how that's often a really important part about people's Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how all that goes. I know mm -hmm. the Iron Bowl is a huge tradition back home. Uh, Alabama and Auburn play. It used to be sometimes on the Friday after Thanksgiving, but, you know, more recently it's always been on that Saturday afterwards. And I think Nebraska and Iowa have mm -hmm. kind of yeah. – established a Thanksgiving football tradition out this way. So hopefully people can stay healthy and those things can proceed. Absolutely. Yeah. COVID's made everything a little bit, a little bit challenging this year. And I know Thanksgiving won't quite be the same, but it's still a great holiday to celebrate. That's right. Which leads us into, I think, what we're really thankful for. And, you know, I think that's kind of what we're getting into. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily the traditions or, you know, it's been an interesting year uh, for us, for sure, in the office, too. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't take away from the things that we are most thankful for. Not at all. And and there are a lot of different different things to be thankful for. And since this is a podcast, it's focusing on digital ag. <laughs> we obviously need to have a little bit of digital ag in this episode. That's and so <laughs> one thing I think we wanted to talk about was what digital technologies 
that we've been thankful for this year, particularly as it comes to agriculture and some of the work that we do. So I guess I'll go ahead and start with offering up mine. I'm really thankful for the Internet of Things and telematics. Um, the reason being that uh, basically those technologies, specifically for pivot control and pump control in the field, basically allowed me to go down and, and spend time with my brother for his graduation in, in the early part of August of this year. Um, you know, I was able to to go and fly our drone for our research and and uh, you know use the software to turn prescriptions around. But I could send those prescriptions in from anywhere that I had an internet connection. <laughs> yeah. And so I was I was down in Tuscaloosa at the University of Alabama, just enjoying graduation. But you know, when when the farmers wanted to actually kick that pivot on and make that fertigation pass, I was able to just hop on the phone, make sure everything was on, send the prescription in, and there it was. Research was being conducted without me needing to necessarily be there and still getting to have time with my family. So that mm -hmm. was a really, I was super thankful to have those cool technologies available to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if I could top that answer by any means. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about this beforehand. I, you know, coming into grad school, I felt like everything was a new technology to me. Um, <laughs> I learned ArcGIS, or which is, you know, our program that we use a lot. So I learned all that stuff, which has really made things easier. Mm -hmm. But um, I think one thing that is probably overlooked often in digital ag is the video capabilities that we have, which sounds, you know, but like, I think about you can go home and fly your drone and you can get some really awesome footage, aerial footage. Um, we can take, use our iPhones and take really clear footage. And um, we're able to compile videos. We're able to do really unique things that share our science in a way that's never yeah. You know, that wasn't historically done. Uh, we can share that to consumers. We can share that with other people. And uh, I think in some of our future episodes, we'll talk about that farm to consumer process and what technology's done for that. And, yeah. you know, I think we have a lot of that at our disposal now in a way that wasn't before. Yeah, the, the communications aspect is really important. And I mean, I'm even thinking about when we stick GoPros mm -hmm. on planters. Yeah. To be able to see, you know, exactly how that planter is functioning in the field, how those row cleaners are working, like all those different sorts of things were very, yep. <laughs> they're new. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't get that perspective. <laughs> it even makes me think about if you have a question, you know, about something that happened with your equipment yeah. or whatever, you can go to YouTube and probably find a video that Absolutely. will explain it to you. Um, you know, we can all kind of be experts now with Google and YouTube and things like that. Um, yeah. Technology has done some really amazing things. It has. It has. That and we're thankful for. <laughs> yeah, very thankful for. And especially during this time of COVID, you know, yeah. where it's hard to connect to people, technology has made connecting, I think, a lot, a lot easier to do. And so that kind of leads us into our next part of this episode, which is what we're personally thankful mm. for this year. I know we, <laughs> it may seem like there's not necessarily a ton to be thankful for, depending on where you are in any given day during this time. But I think there's a lot that we have to, to be thankful for right now. So one of the things that I'm personally thankful for is that my family has largely been unaffected health-wise by COVID, and I am super grateful for that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough when, you, you know, people and friends and, and, and other families that have, have gone through things, but mm -hmm. I can't be more thankful that, you know, it's, it's managed to miss us so far at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Family is always a top thing. Same with friends. Uh, I would also just add 
you know, something that I think is kind of unique in our situation. Campus is really quiet around here. If those, if anyone here is listening, that's students. It has been really quiet, but our lab and our office mates, uh, you know, you see us, but we yeah. do have other office mates as well. Um, and we've, you know, honestly, I think became kind of closer uh, during all of this. Maybe even not if, if not in person, we still communicate a lot. Our advisor works really hard to talk to us every week. So uh, I guess I'm still thankful that we find ways to stay connected, yeah. you know, with our research, which has been fun. Yeah. Um, And it it seems like it's opened some doors in terms of how we do work, Mm -hmm. which I'm also very thankful for. Um, They pushed us to do this podcast. It did, because it's a different way of getting information out. We didn't have any field days. Right, yep. So then we made videos for field days. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we're going to be able to go home. You're going to be able to go home for... Go home for an extended break, probably the longest break I've had since, I mean, (laughs) longest break ever. Yeah, and yet we'll (laughs) still be able to work like as if... There wasn't even a hiccup because we're so right. used to working virtually now. So, And, you know, we can work from home. And I, I think having more flexibility in how we work has also given us more time with, with family. I know, you know, you mm-hmm. have you travel to, to go and see loved ones mm-hmm. often. And being able to, to work on the go and have that be kind of an acceptable way of doing things now, I yep. think is a it's going to really make us a lot more connected as people after this. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the way you said the friends or the family and then also friends, you know, taking that extra time uh, to go connect with them, even if it's not in person, you know, technology can help us. So it can. So I guess really that's, that's a great overview of what I'm thankful for this year. Um, I think, Thanksgiving is going to be a really, really fun time. It's going to be a great time of celebration for my family. I hope it is for everybody else out there. We should also add, uh, because UNL's schedule got pushed up, our finals are actually this coming week. And so we get to celebrate the end of the semester as the well. Same time. And so we're excited <laughs> for that. Um, so by the time this is released, we will be done with classes um, for the semester and we'll be able to really celebrate with our families. That's exactly right. <laughs> With no stress, or at least limited stress. <laughs> yes. Because, of course, writing will be coming up after that for our theses and everything like that. Yes. But that does kind of bring us into the fact that we will not be taking a break from farm bits, however. That's right. Uh, our series on quantifying soil spatial variability is going to continue uh, right after this Thanksgiving episode. But we do have another special edition episode that's coming up right for Christmas. We're, we're thinking about doing that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that'll be kind of a another cool opportunity to, in, in that episode, talk about a little bit of a different side of ag <laughs> than what we may see here in Nebraska or what you may typically think of in, in commodity production, That's agriculture. Right. But hopefully it gets you in the Christmas mood. That's our, our goal. And Absolutely. maybe you can apply it to uh, your own agriculture, your own rangeland. So we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Get to thinking about trees. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say. So anyway... That is probably a wrap for our Thanksgiving episode. I hope that you enjoyed a little bit more of a personal touch. Sam, do you have anything else to Just happy Thanksgiving. Go enjoy your family and friends, even if it's virtually. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of your uh, Thanksgiving to listen to us and for joining us every week. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Big Red, and we'll see you next <laughs> week.